Welcome to the Star Power Podcast. I'm Amy Stair, CEO of Star Power, and we're bringing you best practices from best agents in a brand neutral environment and open sharing. We hope you enjoy this classic Star Power interview from the archives. So I want to give a warm welcome to stars Nancy Jenkins from Burlington, Vermont, Melinda Estridge from the Washington, D.C. area, and a star from our very first series, Steve Westmark from the Minneapolis-St. Paul region in Minnesota. So let's begin by delving directly into what comes up for you when someone asks about pricing in today's conditions. Melinda? These days, I think people are aware that it's very difficult to actually pinpoint a price Years ago, you would tell someone, this is where you want to be, and we would know within a week or two that we would have a contract either at that price or above, and you were pretty consistent. These days, even when you think you have the right price, you can be surprised on a fairly regular basis. I'll think that a price is absolutely lean and will attract a great deal of buyers, and then within three to four weeks, know that it's probably on the high side. How do you know? Well, I think you can tell by the number of people. Our market is so sensitive at this point that there isn't a lot of inventory. And Nancy Jenkins has a wonderful pricing target, which talks about eight qualified buyers through a property. Eight qualified buyers through a property probably should produce a contract. And I say to people, eight qualified buyers are not the people just starting to look, but buyers looking to pull the trigger in the next 30 to 60 days. They're ready to go, looking to buy something, typically working with an agent, pre-qualified, pre-approved, and need to move on something in the next 30 to 60 days. Steve, when you hear the term pricing today, what comes up for you? I ask them on a 1 to 10 basis, 1 being if I can get the price I want, or 10, I'll do whatever it takes to sell my house, where do you rate yourself? And if they rate themselves anything less than a 7, we have some real counseling to do to determine whether they should even be in the market. So did you not used to do that? No. Didn't have to or what? I used to have a lot of pride in pricing that I could go out and in my 30 years in the business, I could study the market and I could come back and I'd say, your house will go for 350000 We put it on for three fifty nine nine. It'll be gone in the next 30 days. I've done that in the last two, three years, but all of a sudden I found that we have a declining market. And how do you catch a ball going down a hill? You have to get in front of it. So now I have to say to sellers, I used to know the market and I used to be able to nail a price. Today we have a marketplace that we have to determine where will the marketplace respond. I will show you the solds. I will help you understand where the market is. But in the end, it's the market that's going to tell us whether we're right or not. And going back to Nancy Jenkins' bullseye, I do that as part of the pricing analysis that if a house's price was in 0 to 3% of a selling price, it's going to sell. And if it's 4 to 6%, you're just going to have showings. And if you're 6 to 12%, you have very little showings. And 12% or more, you have no showings at all. And so when you take a property and put it on the market and there's no showings, they may want to complain and say, what are you going to do to get my house sold? And I go, remember our bullseye? We have no showings. We're over 10% over the market. Nancy, what comes up for you when you hear pricing today compared to, like Steve said, he used to be very accurate in his predictions. What's going on today? As I'm listening to both of my co-stars, 
I agree completely. But what I've done is I've taken that bullseye, and in order to be as accurate as I can be, I don't want to price it and have it sit on the market. I'm going to take that bullseye, and instead of it being X plus a certain amount of fluff, what I can prove is X. And I'll look at how old are the comps. Are those comps current comps? Are they within two months, six months. If they're six months old, they're pre-meltdown, as I call it. The market melted down in the last six months. Our marketplace has lost 10 to 15%. Taking what I can prove, which is the average of the three doing a real analysis, I'm gonna tell you to price your house at X minus 3% to X minus five. So if I've already done a conservative analysis and I have a conservative number, I'm going to subtract three to five percent. And if they'll go to that number, and I'm going to use, as Steve said, the one to ten, if your motivation isn't there, I'm going to recommend that you don't sell today. And that has happened. I've had grandmas who don't need to sell. They don't really want to sell, so please don't. But other people who must sell, and if you're going to need that volume of people to come through the lower you go, the higher the probability of you getting sold in the first three weeks. And if you have eight to 10 people through and they don't make an offer, then we're going to reduce it again by three to 5%, depending on the volume of traffic and the kinds of comments. The nicer the comments, the closer I am to the right price. The harsher the comments, the farther away I am. So if I get, I don't like it, strong, dated, it's overpriced, I'm probably 10% off. If I get really polite, it's really nice, but I'm not sure if I really want to be in this town or that town, then what the people are doing is saying, I might come back, but right now I'm just shopping, but you haven't caught my attention. I haven't got fear of loss, so I'm not going to make an offer. If I can take that same house down by 3 or 5%, then I can create the fear of loss, and that same person who had said they weren't going to make an offer because it was a busy road came back when I called and said, I have an offer, and we'd lowered the price and paid full price. Nancy, you introduced that pricing target to me years ago, and I've seen tons of people use it. Even the other two sitting around this table have used it. Where'd it come from? Well, it came about in 1995, and my market took the tank with all the rest of the Northeast in 89, and the rest of the nation recovered in 92. Vermont continued to plummet through 95. So I had to find a way to get a seller to understand that they had to price so that a buyer was going to be able to feel motivated to make an offer. So it is a blend of ideas to show motivation for the buyer so it translates back to the seller so the seller can understand it. Steve? My presentation has changed significantly. I used to go in and try to show them how good I was. Luckily, we have so much information to give them on the market that I say, would you like me to talk about myself or do you want to hear about the market? And when you sit down and start talking about unit sales, what they were in 2004, 5, 6, 7, and now 8, and going on into the future, and you show them how many sales have been going, where the inventory is going, what the list to sale price ratio is. What I found is that as I share my knowledge of knowing the market, there isn't a question about my past or things. You have to know your statistics more than you ever have. And we were talking about the fact that most of us are going in for second, third, and even fourth appointments where people have had 
two to three agents before you. Seasoned agents are excelling in this market, I think, by a great deal. But what are they doing differently? Well, managing expectations has always been important, but it's absolutely critical at this point. I'm almost interviewing people to see whether or not this is a listing that I want in my inventory which is a very different position than it was a few years ago. I'm questioning them to find out their motivation level, to make sure that they understand the way the market is. And I've told sellers it cost me $5,000 from the time I sign a listing, not even accounting for my time. So understand as a businesswoman, this is nothing personal. But if you've already had another agent or two, I need to have assurance that we're going to be able to get this property sold and that you don't say to me in 30 to 60 days that I'll just rent it or move on before I make that decision to move forward. How did you arrive at that figure? I had my team sit down and start writing down the cost of everything we did from the time we put in the sign, the runner running out the rider, putting on lockboxes, and then dividing it by the number of listings and pretty much figure out approximately what each listing will cost you. And it's not always driven by price. Sometimes your less expensive listings can cost you more than the more expensive when you start averaging out what you're actually making on that listing. So if you go in to a listing appointment with that thought in mind, how much is this going to cost me if it doesn't sell? I ask sellers when I go in for the second or third listing interview of people that have had agents before, why is it that you think your home didn't sell? What do you hear? Well, we followed the agent's pricing strategy, and they've just said that We may need to be on for up to six months, and the market is really bad, and they don't like our art on the walls. And they said, frankly, we just feel we know the market is not good, but we followed their advice on pricing. We understand there's patience, but we have to move on. And we relied on them to tell us what's going on, and we feel at this point that we just don't have enough input to know how to solve the problem. Is that a pretty common response? A pretty common response, and I can never tell a seller what their home is actually going to sell for. And I think it's dangerous territory to move into. You can have a range of value. But if somebody comes in and says, oh, you definitely will get this, or it's only a matter of time, No one can assure that, and I think that's where people get most frustrated. I may not choose the perfect price, but I can certainly identify when it's too high and what we need to do at that point to take action. Steve? I think the inflationary market that we saw, at least in the Twin City marketplace from 1990 up to 2004, you could go in and pick a price, and you could be wrong because at a 10% inflation per year, year, it's going to catch up with you. But if you're in a flat market you're struggling somewhat. I delivered the David Knox video with my marketing box out to the seller before I go and meet with them. Because the video that he has on pricing talks about declining markets. And it shows if the price is dropping and you follow the marketplace down, you're always slightly above where the market is. And you've got to figure out how are you going to get ahead of the market, not always behind it, following it down. Nancy? Brenda Rawls said it's a price war and a beauty contest. And my speech is that everybody likes their own wallpaper. Nobody likes somebody else's. So get the wallpaper off. Get rid of the borders. You've got to give them that staging and get the house looking right. Melinda? I tell 
sellers time is the biggest commodity for these buyers and that being able to have the time to move in and do it when they're trying to get on with their life is the problem and so being able to put the money into it up front sellers will say to me always I really want to hear your opinion about what we need to do whether or not we need to redo a bathroom redo a kitchen and I actually hire a stager for a few thousand dollars. They can absolutely transform a home, and they're much more likely to listen to them without it being personal. But along the vein of a price war and a beauty contest, if everything looks just great, I think sellers, if they realize they can make another ten to 20000 on a property based on spending a few thousand upfront staging and sell quicker, it becomes very, very interesting to them. And I work closely in setting the house up before we never get a second chance to make a first impression that how that property shows when people walk through the door in this market when you can just move on to the next becomes critical. Steve? Many times they'll say, what do we need to do to get our house ready for sale? And I say, that's what I'll be doing for you once you decide to hire me. And I found that if you start spending too much time, either you're giving away free information or they start thinking that you're negative on their house. And it also is really nice having a stager coming in because it's not you that's making the criticism. And I've tried to buffer myself from the negativity because it's tough enough dealing with pricing because they don't like what I'm telling them in pricing. I'm on their side and I'm trying to maximize their value in the marketplace. Nancy? Once we've gotten past the price, then I'm going to come back and discuss the staging. And the question then is, well, if I take the wallpaper down, can I get more? So you're going to have to double discount anything that you don't do. An appraiser is going to take a full appraisal and they're going to subtract for what they call cost to cure. So if I have a bad roof, I have an old furnace, I have a dated home, they're going to subtract that as a cost to cure. So explain that you're either going to have to face it today or face it tomorrow. So we are either going to double down the price that you have to give up or just get fixed. It may not make you more money in my marketplace, but it may get you chosen. You may become the house that they really must have because you were able to freshly painted. I have a script I use a lot. Fixing up your home will be less expensive than your first price reduction. And I couldn't feel more strongly about that, that when you go to make a price reduction of at least 4 to 6 percent, which is the guidelines we use, in my market where our average price range is anywhere from 800 to a million, reducing your price by 5 percent could be a lot more substantial than spending five or 6000 to make the home presentable to get it sold more quickly. I think you set people up right from the very beginning. And I think you need to look at your market data very closely. It's another mistake I find agents making often. They're in their own little realm and market, and they're not always looking at facts and figures. So they're saying, well, it's just going to take a while. But if you can really lay out for people the fact that most houses are selling in the first 30 days, that it's not going to take six months. How do you months. know that? How do you find that out? Our board of realtors has wonderful stats. I look at those every month, and they talk about the average days on market. Even if you don't have the ability to have your board provided, you can probably do some studies on your own to see that. But we have average days on market compared to 
the month of 2008 to the month of 2007, we show how many buyers are out buying properties, number of contracts, and I call it supply and demand. Here's our supply, number of listings on the home on the market now, and number of buyers that are buying. And in our market, the inventory is not very different than it was last year. It is the buyers that are way down. So it's creating that more difficult marketplace. People need to understand that once you lose your momentum and start sliding downward with price and time on market, many buyer agents are targeting properties that have been on the market over 60 to 90 days, saying that we can go in now and make an offer that is 10 to 15% below their asking price because they're either more motivated or they're more desperate to move out. In that first 30 days, I feel that the seller is in the driver's seat. They're saying we've not been on the market that long, we price correctly to begin with, and therefore our edge of negotiating will not be as much as when you've had a price reduction or you're sliding that slope downward. Nancy? I explained to my seller that we have to negotiate with the marketplace, so I'm going to pull current comps. What are the rest of the homes doing that we were looking at? Are they sold? Have they lowered their price? So if the rest of the marketplace is going down and you're sitting there and you have blinders on, the rest of the boat is leaving town and you're going to be still on the dock. But if we've had to make a price reduction, the seller will say, if I make a price reduction, people are going to think I'm hungry or I'm too anxious. I said, no, what it really means is that we're negotiating with the marketplace We're not waiting to negotiate with a buyer who can come in and think that they can make a killing on your home because you've sat there oblivious. But you're negotiating with the marketplace, so we have to get ahead of the sliding slope, which is why I'm going to recommend a 5% reduction instead of a 3. My line is price is a moment in time. When I spoke to you last month, it was here. Factors have changed. And so keep that in mind. At any point in time, whether other things go on the market, There's greater competition down the street. Five more houses similar to yours have come up. We've now changed. Competition has changed. And so at every point, we have to look at that to make the adjustment accordingly. Steve? I implemented into my plan for my sellers that every two weeks, they're going to get an update. And they receive the statistics on their area because we have a top 100 report in our marketplace. So they have a report on what has happened in the last week in sales. And then there's a report on monthly and then also by price ranges. And then I will run a CMA, a short CMA, going back two weeks. So I'll take their price range. If they have a $360,000 house, I'll run it from three twenty-five dollars to $375,000. And it'll show expireds, canceleds, solds, pendings, and actives, and price adjustments. And I print that out, print the solds, write notes on the solds, and put that all into a report that goes out to them every two weeks. Then three days later, my contact management system just tickles me to remind me to make a call to them. Did you get your report? What did you think? And I put price adjustments in them. And sometimes people just call into the office, Steve said to go to 349.9, let's do it. And I may never even talk to them. The information helps them to make a decision. How labor-intensive is that reporting system? What's involved there? I have my staff doing the majority of the reports that they can print out. I do the CMA. A CMA with the solds will probably take me five minutes. We have a program called Instant Notification through our board where every seller that we list, we immediately put them on that system where every home that comes on the market, goes under contract, drops its price, or goes to settlement is emailed to them 
with a picture of the property, like you're getting an MLS printout. So every day there's a change in the marketplace, they're notified. So I make them aware of what their competition is at the time of listing. But then when I call, because I call my sellers every Tuesday afternoon, much like we issue a report and then I talk to them, did you notice that this particular property dropped under a million last month? That was our closest competition. And sometimes they'll call you, as Steve said, and say, I see that that property dropped. That was our closest competition. Perhaps we need to be just below them in order to make this happen. So that's been very, very helpful to keep them abreast. Nancy, what are you doing there? I have a newsletter that goes to the world. And then I make phone calls and I email them the comps. I do a newsletter that is specific to the statistics of our area. But I will most of the time run the current comps active pending and sold and email it to them saying we need to take a look at price. I have found that on occasion, if I don't call some of the folks, the S's specifically, they'll feel badly if I only send them a message about lowering their price through an email or a letter. So I'm more likely to call. It's part of what I do to stay in touch with them. And I say, here's what's going on. We're going to need to make this adjustment. Thanks for listening to the Star Power Podcast. If you benefited from even one idea on this podcast, become a member of the Star Power Club. You will get a monthly infusion of tips, scripts, strategies, and techniques that are tried, tested, and proven by our Star Power stars. Visit starpower.com forward slash club and get registered today.